It's all in the email. You don't have to be a stranger to the wonderful communications. So just ask somebody if you don't know, and we'll get you the information. But without further ado, I want to introduce our speaker today, Peter Webb, one of my favorite people. Check once. Oh, man. Yep. Whoops. Sorry. I gotta figure out how to just get all the awkward ahead in the beginning. If you remember from last time I spoke two weeks ago, I don't mind awkward. It's totally fine. I speak to a bunch of teenagers all the time, so I'm used to that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, oh no, okay, sounds good. <laughs> I printed out a copy of my slides for Kathy earlier, so <laughs> I might just hold them up for you guys. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh, all right, let's pray real quick. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you're here. Thank you that you're speaking. You're speaking so clearly. Uh, God, we thank you that your, your presence is accessible this morning. Um, God, and it's not through some ritual. Uh, it's not through some penance or some self-mutilation, uh, Lord, that we can access it. God, but that it's through your love and it's freely given. It's through Christ. And we thank you, Lord. We love you. Open our ears to hear what your spirit is saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Um, I love it. I feel like the, the message and the prophetic word that came up just preached the whole sermon already. So this is good. <laughs> so I'm going to review what we did in worship. <laughs> Who needs slides? Just imagine. Um, David, um, can you turn my microphone significantly down? Because that's going to mess with me. Um, all right, so uh, we talked about how uh, two weeks ago, eternal life is not just consciously living forever, but there's a deeper definition, there's a more meaningful definition, there's a better definition that Jesus gives in John 17, 3, when he says that eternal life is this, this is it, this is his definition of eternal life, that you would know God and that you would know Jesus Christ whom he sent. That's eternal life. That's our definition, right? Like that's it. And so every single time we open up the word of God, we have an opportunity to drink of the living water, which is knowing God. And that's why we gather this morning is so that we can get our manna from heaven. We can get our little bit of eternal life, right? And we can go further in our one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with the Lord that he offers each one of us. So that's why we're doing this. Um, so this is, this is not, a, not a college lecture. This is us preaching to one another on Sunday mornings, just saying, hey, I found out this about God. Hey, I found out this about God. And we're just kind of offering each other living water, right? That's what we're doing. So exciting. That wasn't even really in my notes. So here we go. 
Oh, and we can know him. We can know him because he revealed himself in scripture. He revealed himself in Jesus. He revealed himself in creation. He reveals himself in miracles. And he reveals himself inside us, in our souls, directly. Right? He is, he's not hiding. God is not hiding. He's, he's showing off in all of the ways. This is awesome. <laughs> so this month we're looking at Exodus 34, um, and uh, where God introduces himself to Moses. And if you're looking for a great resource on this, I would highly recommend the series that the Bible Project did on this on YouTube. Um, it, is, it is wonderful, and, and we've learned a lot from that. Um, but so God's introducing himself on Mount Sinai, um, and he's giving the... Uh, the Ten Commandments, but before he writes them on the tablets, this is how he introduces himself. And I don't know if this is... Okay, I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read it from my notes. Um, he says, Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That's what God wants you to know about himself. That is how he introduces himself. Um, the word for steadfast love, we're focusing on steadfast love and faithfulness today. Um, the word for steadfast love is chesed, with the extra <laughs> Can everybody say that with me? Chesed. Chesed. <laughs> we're going to say that a lot today, so get ready. <laughs> Um, I've used that consonant more this week in practice than I have my entire life. I said, um, this word is a really big deal. Um, not only because God introduces himself as Hesed, uh, but also, um, it shows up more than 200 times in the old, in the old Testament. Um, it's all over the place. Um, and when, this is great when you're doing a word study because you can pop it into Blue Letter Bible's lexicon, Strong's. There's a Strong's number for it. You click the button and all 200 verses show up. And you can read um, all of the context for this word throughout the scripture that God uses to describe himself. Well, what do you mean? Well, let's look at, you know, we know that scripture interprets scripture. You know, we find out what scripture means by looking at it entirely. Um, and so we can look. The problem is, this word is a strange, complicated word. Thank you so much, Diane. It's a strange and complicated word. Um, it uh, is translated across just six different translations of the Bible. We have so many translations. But if you just take six of them, you can find the word chesed translated over 160 different ways in different phrases and different words. That seems like a problem, <laughs> right? It is crazy. So the KJV, oops, no, back. Ah, the KJV said, uh, translates this verse as abounding in goodness. ESV, abounding in steadfast love. The NET, abounding in loyal love. BSB says abounding in loving devotion. CSB says abounding in faithful love. ISV, gracious love. NLT, unfailing love. NASB, the NASB, says it is abounding in loving kindness. The word loving kindness was actually invented in 1535 for one of the very first English translations of the Bible when they were trying to 
translate, trying to find a, an a English word that means chesed, um, the, the guy who, who translated this had to invent a whole new English word just to, just to kind of try to capture this phrase. It's tricky. <laughs> um, all of these translations seem like a problem. Like, which is it? Are we talking about goodness or is, is God abounding in loyal love? Or is he abounding in unfailing love? Or is it loving kindness? Like, what is it? That's the truth. That's it. (laughs) You know the Lord. (laughs) It's all of it. (laughs) It's a good, steadfast, loyal, devoted, faithful, gracious, unfailing, and kind love. Right? That's what it is. (laughs) That's what it is. And the more you know the Lord, the more you start to realize, yep, that's what kind of love it is. Right? Paul talks about the love of God having, having depth and width and breadth, and height. That's four dimensions, <laughs> right? Yeah. I pray that you would know, right? You've been introduced to the Lord, but there's more to know about his love. <sighs> so good. <laughs> Whew. All right, so in order to get a better understanding of how God introduces himself here, we're going to take a look at some of the places that said is used in scripture so that we can understand um, So here we go. Here we go. Um, And just as we go through this, remember the whole Bible, the entire Bible is meant to introduce us to the Lord. The entire Bible is not the story of man. It's not the story of David. It's not the story of of Saul or, or anybody else. It's the story of God, right? The main character of the Bible is the Lord. So that's why we're going through this. We're going to start with a story about a foreign woman named Ruth. A non-Israelite woman named Ruth. Um, Ruth was a foreign woman, uh, married an Israelite, and moved to Israel. Um, And then her husband died. Her husband's brother died. Her husband's father died. And all that's left, the only person she knows, is uh, her husband's mom, her mother-in-law. Think of all the mother-in-law jokes you know. You know, I'm blessed with an amazing mother-in-law, but not everybody's so lucky. Um, Stuck with her mother-in-law. And her mother-in-law, Naomi, says says to her, go back to Israel. Go back to your home country, right? Get taken care of. Because the truth is, Naomi has nothing to give Ruth. Like, absolutely nothing. Um, So much so that Naomi's actually a a drag on Ruth, right? She's she's kind of a... um, uh, economically await it's ruth's life is more difficult with naomi than it would be if she just left israel and went back to her family Um, but instead ruth makes a commitment to stay with naomi this is what she says in ruth one she says do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you for where you go i will go and where you lodge i will lodge Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. That's more than just, hey, I'm going to stick with you through the weekend and we'll see how this goes. (laughs) Right? Like this is a big commitment. (laughs) Massive. Oh, my word. Um, Over the years... People watch Ruth keep this promise. And those other people call this an act of chesed, 
This is what an act of chesed looks like. It's not just a kind act of steadfast devotion, but it's, it's because Ruth is a, is a kind person, a loving person, a committed person, a generous person. That's chesed. Next spot is chesed in the story of Abraham. I'm telling you, it's all over scripture. Um, and this is a picture of what God's chesed looks like. And you'll see kind of a similar, similar commitment that the Lord makes here. Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you. I will curse and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is a commitment to loyal love, right? This is the Lord saying, I am on your side. I'm in your camp, right? We're going to wear the same uniform, you know, like, (laughs) <laughs> whatever, whatever your destiny is, I'm, I'm going to be right there with you the whole time. Wherever you, you know, I'm just, I'm going to stick with you. So much so that all of the families of the earth are going to feel the ripple effect of the love that I have for you. Right? It's going to be that big. that The entire world is going to feel the commitment that I make to you. That's chased. And for the rest of the Bible, guess what, guys? We get to see the Lord fulfill that promise, right? It's not just, oh, what happened to Abraham, right? (laughs) For the rest of the Bible and really all of the last, you know, many thousands of years, we've been able to see the Lord's commitment to Abraham and how it's changed the planet. It's amazing. All right. Number three, chased in the story of Jacob. All right, so later on, Jacob recognizes the steadfast love of the Lord. He recognizes the chesed of the Lord. Um, He spends years as a lying thief, um, a scoundrel, a swindler, a cheat. He cheats his own family, right? He's a deceiver, Um, not a great guy. Uh, And yet God still, on the road, as he's running from the consequences of his actions, he, God still recommits his promise to Abraham to Jacob. What? Like Abraham was a pretty great guy. Jacob, not a great guy, right? <laughs> and yet God's like, you know what? I promised it to your grandpa. I'm, I'm going to promise it to you too. I'm going to bless the whole world through you. I'm going to make a great nation out of you, Jacob. I'm not going to skip over you. That gives us hope. You're preaching my message. It's good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> 20 years after God promises this to Jacob, Jacob reflects on his life. And this is what he says. This is not Genesis 12. This is Genesis 32. Uh, and Jacob says, O God of my father, Abraham, and God of my father, Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, return to your country and to your kindred, that I may do you good. I'm not worthy. That's what Ruth was saying. (laughs) I'm not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love, and that word is chesed, and all of the faithfulness that you have shown your servant. 
He says, I'm not worthy, which is a natural response when you really experience the love of God. When you really experience that, there is no way that you could possibly imagine that that's something you earned, that's something you deserved, right? But thankfully, that's not what it's about. The steadfast love of the Lord doesn't hinge on our worth. It doesn't hinge on our performance. It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. All right, moving on. Talking about, wait, going back. Not supposed to go there yet. All right. Um, Not only does God reveal his steadfast love when we don't deserve it, when we're unworthy, but he, he shows his commitment to us when we're in the midst of our rebellion, when we're in the midst of our unfaithfulness. Um, Earlier, I said that this verse, uh, our key verse this morning, happened right before um, God gave the Ten Commandments to, uh, to Israel. That's partly true. Um, it's also true that this happened after God gave the Ten Commandments. <laughs> so here's how it happened. Moses goes up the mountain. Nobody else wants to touch the mountain. The mountain's super scary. Don't want to touch, you know, don't want to get close to the Lord. Let's just send Moses up and, and he'll, he'll be our ambassador. Moses, you got this. You know, um, he goes up and he talks with the Lord and the Lord writes the Ten Commandments and the whole law on two tablets. It wasn't just ten laws, but it was on both sides of the tablets, scripture says. Uh, big old law, Right. And it says the, the, it was the finger of God that, that wrote it. Absolutely amazing. And uh, Moses comes down. And as he's coming down, he's hearing this loud sound. And um, he's talking with his, his buddy Joshua, who went like halfway up the mountain with him. Uh, and he said, uh, boy, this sounds like, like the war in the camp, um, Joshua says. And, then, and Moses says, that's not the sound of war. Um, and it's not the sound of celebration this is the sound of singing there's singing and he goes down and he finds that the people of israel who god just liberated from captivity generational captivity um, with miracles parting the red sea fire by night cloud by day the whole thing they are singing and worshiping and sacrificing to a golden cow that they made. What in the world, right? Now, Moses is so frustrated, so in shock, that these two priceless tablets that the Lord made, he throws them on the ground, and they shatter into a million pieces. Like, they're gone. So imagine you were, imagine you were going to a, a job interview, right? You walk into the job interview, you've got your, your tie on, you've got your shoes, you've got your hair done, you've got your resume of all your accomplishments, and you, know, you show up before, uh, before you're supposed to be there, you make sure you know all the answers, you know your greatest strength, you know your greatest weakness, you're put together, right? This, this job interview is important, you want to you put your best foot forward, right? Why? Well, because the the boss is deciding whether or not he's going to trust you for the position, whether he's going to sign the contract for you, whether he's going to start a working relationship with you, right? Same thing for when you're in a dating relationship, 
right? And, and you're, you know, you show up to the dates on time, you want single spritz of cologne, you know, back in my day, we used hair gel, can't use that now for some reason, I don't know, um, don't really need it now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Um, that you show up on time, you make sure, you know, you bring the flowers and the chocolate, you make sure she's home uh, by her curfew, just to say, I'm a trustworthy person, you know? I'm the one that you want to make the commitment to on that altar. I'm, I'm the one that you want to make vows to. I'm the one that you want to spend the rest of your life married to, right? That's kind of the, the you know, you put your best foot forward. That's the opposite of what the Israelites are doing right now. <laughs> Right? The complete and total opposite. Moses is going up to strike a deal with the Lord, right? To receive the terms of the relationship. And God's about ready to make a a generational commitment to a million people that are gathered around this right mountain. And what are they doing but sacrificing to something they made themselves, right? It's the most offensive thing they could possibly be doing. Right? And yet, and yet, Moses goes back up the mountain. And this is when God decides to say, I'm the Lord that's gracious and merciful, that's slow to anger in this context. I'm slow to anger right now, right? I'm abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. This is who I am. And by golly, let's write up a new contract. I'm going to sign it right now. Right? That's like hiring the person who you just found out was stealing from the company. Right? That's like committing yourself at the altar to someone who you just found out is sleeping with somebody else. Right? It's like, you know what? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be faithful to you. Not because I think you're trustworthy. That's the whole thing. But because I'm a God that's faithful to love people. Because I'm a God of steadfast love. I'm a God who commits myself to others. Man. So good. So good. Second Timothy two puts it like this. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Why? For he cannot deny himself. In other words, this is, this is who he is. This is who he is. He's the God who loved us while we were yet sinners and sent his son to die for us. It's who he is. He does want us to have that same faithful love. He wants us to have chesed, that faithful, committed love to him and to other people. But if we don't, that's not going to change him. God's chesed is enduring. It's not going to run out. It's not going to shift on us. um, Because it's not something that he does. It's who he is. Our God is immutable, which means he doesn't change. He's not affected by forces. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, And as a result, his steadfast love is never ending. Um, This is contrasted with our chesed, um, which Hosea puts as this. What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? Your chesed, your love, is like a morning cloud. 
like dew that goes early away. It's gone. Your love's like this. Whereas in Psalm 136 starts with the phrase, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And then repeats the phrase, his chesed is forever 26 times. Over and over and over. His chesed is forever. His chesed is forever. Over and over and over and over again. What chapter is that? Uh, it's uh, 136. Psalm 136. It might take a while for the promises of the Lord to come to pass. Um, this is a truth that the fact that his chesed is forever. We can hold on to when things seem dark and discouraging and when our own hearts are dark and discouraged it might take a while for the promises of the Lord to come to pass um, God makes a promise to Abraham I'm going to bless the whole Lord uh, the whole uh, world through you all the families of the earth and yet it takes 25 years for him to, him to even have one descendant right it's a long time Joseph has a dream Says, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save the nation through you. Hey, I, you know, all your, your mother and father are gonna bow down to you and, and all that. It takes 13 years. 13 years. Think about who you were 13 years ago, where you were 13 years ago. You know, like it's a long time. The promised land. God promises to, uh, to Moses, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you into the promised land. You don't have to be in captivity anymore. I got a place prepared for you, right? And they wander around in, in the wilderness for 40 years years a long long time and in fact moses joshua and caleb are the only one that ones that survive for that 40 years there's a whole new generation the prophecy of christ was originally given to eve right your son will crush the serpent's head right and it was thousands of years thousands of years thousands of years uh, before, before he showed up and he showed up as a baby in swaddling clothes and it took another 30 years for him to start his ministry, right? God's timeline's a whole nother level. Like it's <laughs> it, Christ's second coming. We're still eagerly waiting for it, right? We are in one of those waiting periods, Right? Between the promise and the full fulfillment of that promise. We are waiting right now for that. Um, in my moments of deepest discouragement and sadness, I've found great comfort in the book of Lamentations. Um, and it's written by a man who's seen absolutely great trouble. Um, and we'll see in a second. But he's just, he's writing down his feelings. <laughs> it's okay to give the Lord your feelings and your thoughts and what's in your mind. <laughs> it's not, um, yeah, <laughs> it's not a sin to give that to the Lord. Um, this is what he says. I'm going to read it here. Um, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and my, has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. And he has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has 
He has walled me in so that I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shouts out my, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding, he, hiding, he dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughing stock of all my people. They mocked me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and given me gall to drink. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I lost track of where I am with the slides. Back one. Thank you. I've been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from from the Lord. I remembered my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's chesed, his great love. We are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. In the waiting and in the sorrow, we can hold on to the Lord's promises. But more than that, we can hold on to his character. We can hold on to who he is. Right? We call this to mind. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. If you're feeling discouraged today, you don't need to be ashamed by that. Right? A lot of Christians will say, life with Christ is sunshine and roses. Um, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. The truth is, there's still pain. There's sorrow. There's confusion. There's darkness. Absolutely. Absolutely those things are there. But one thing that we can hold on to is his character, is who the Lord is. The psalmist puts it this way. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart. That's why we sing these worship songs over and over. You are good. You are good. Oh, you are good. 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 Right? There's never a moment at which we don't need to remember that the Lord is good. Right? (laughs) There's never a moment that you can, like, forget about that and move on. Like, (laughs) it's why we dwell on it. It's why our songs seem a little repetitive sometimes. Right? You're never going to let me down. You're never going to renege on your promises to me. Right? You're, you're never going to say something and then not follow through. You're faithful. I can believe you. Right? You promise you'd catch me. You promise you'd be there for me. You promise you'd be on my side. You promise you'd never leave me or forsake me. And that's what I'm holding on to. I'm holding on to his love. You think like, well, I, I can't pay my bills. I'm holding on to his love. 
right? My kids are yelling at me. I'm holding on to his love. I'm so tired of everything. I'm holding on to his love. I don't feel like I'm enough for the responsibilities that are in front of me. I'm holding on to his love, right? I feel like I don't have the answers to everything that's going on. I'm holding on to his love. It's enough. It's, it's a, that's the word portion. Like, his love is your portion. He is, he is your portion. He's enough for you. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's no hope anywhere else. There's no alternate, right? It's, it's the Lord or nothing. It's the Lord or nothing. Put all your hopes in the Lord. And this is our message to the world, that they can be a part of the covenant of the Lord, right? They can be grafted in to the family. They can be a part of that covenant that God made with Abraham, right? They, they can be a part. They can be someone who the Lord is loyal to. That's what we're saying. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Scripture says, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. And, and this is my answer. I know the Lord is faithful, right? I know that he's good. I know that he has steadfast love. I know who he is, who he says he is. That's the answer. That's the reason I have hope. It's not because I think some circumstance is going to change. Some national thing is going to change. Some cultural thing is going to change, right? It's not that, right? I hope in the Lord. I hope in the Lord that um, uh, the prophetic word was the best is yet to come. And I absolutely believe that, right? Because the Lord is faithful to his promises. The Lord is faithful to his promises, right? That doesn't mean, you know, my bank account is going to be more than it was before, right? It doesn't mean I'm going to have, you know, more followers on Facebook than I had before, whatever, right? (laughs) I'm faithful. I'm hopeful because of the promise of the Lord, because of him. I'm hopeful because of this. This is who God reveals himself as. Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your steadfast love. We thank you that you're not hiding, God, but you've revealed yourself, and you've revealed yourself as someone who wants to commit himself to us. We thank you that you're loyal. Thank you, Lord. Just in your heart, just just thank him for who he is. God, I thank you that you're loyal, that you're faithful, that you haven't given up on me yet. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that you've offered yourself to to me in the midst of my rebellion and my unfaithfulness. Thank you that your love is enduring. Thank you that the best is yet to come. Thank you, Lord. I ask that you would help us remain in your love. Not that your love is a a moving target that we have to, to hit, God, but that, that it's something that we like to stray from, that our mind and our hearts wander away. God, keep us in the awareness, in the appreciation of your love. Keep us in the knowledge of your love. God, that wherever we go, 
God, we would go in your love. We would go in Christ with your Holy Spirit, giving us hope, renewing our mind, renewing our strength. Thank you, Lord. Give us the grace, God, to realize who you are, to realize how wonderful and how beautiful your steadfast love is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Peter. Give him a hand. Such a good word. My spirit feels like large, like it's just been fed, you know? It's like really like edified. So thank you for that. It's such a good service today. I feel almost like I'm just going to break down and weep because God is so good. And he really just brought it this morning by his Holy Spirit. And I just pray that everybody here and everybody at home, you know, just can hold on to that because it really is awareness because God is with us all the time. And it's, are we tuned in? Are we aware? So hold on to your awareness, people. Keep your spirit fat with the word, with his presence, you know, and prayer, because um, that's where it's at. And as if that isn't good enough, as if we've heard about what God is like, and that's not good enough because it's so good. There's more. Kathy Spalding next week is going to be talking about God is compassionate. So there's even more. I can hardly wait. So why don't you guys stand with me? We're going to dismiss, but I just want to let you know um, there's prayer available. So if you are that person, you know, if you're feeling, um, you know, John to respond um, even further with what the Lord has said and done today, come and get prayer. Our prayer team would love to agree with you um, and whatever your need is. Uh, So I just bless you in the name of Jesus. Go do and be Christ in your community. Goodbye.